ever thought to yourself, why does Come Follow Me such a big deal? I'm 16 and I've got so many other things that I need to worry about and do. Well, welcome to Go and Do, a Come Follow Me podcast for the youth, where we take an opportunity each week to delve deeper into a principle of the gospel of Jesus Christ and determine how we're going to go and do something about it. Or in other words, live the gospel. We invite you to share with us your experiences so that collectively we can learn together and edify each other as we go and do. I love the start of a new year. Like it gets me super excited. And so I'm excited to take a journey with you here in the New Testament and have the opportunity to really discuss in depth the way that the Savior can play a part in each of our lives. But to start with today, I, I want to pose a question. And the question is pretty straightforward and simple. It's how do you know if you're converted to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Or in other words, what does it really mean to be converted? I decided to ask some youth about exactly that. And I want to share with you some of their responses. Here's the first one. Eliza, age 17. Man, that's a tough question because I feel like it looks different to everyone. But for me, it's experiences where I see the gospel in action, helping others, and it helps me grow my testimony. But I think member or not a member, everyone can be converted to the gospel. And really, to me, it's just believing in and living it and knowing it's true and not just going through the motions, but loving the gospel and God, wanting to do better and grow more in the gospel, close quote. I ran into uh, one of my wardies, Camden, age 18, and he said, I think that a true conversion to Jesus Christ and his gospel is understanding that we are the key to it all and understanding it's because of his love for us, better yet, his love for you individually. Personally, that's why I love the gospel so much. Despite millions of members in his church, I feel so significant in the eyes of my Lord and Savior. The simple word love explains every part of his plan why he gave us the gift of the atonement, why he died for us, why he suffered and bled for our our own trials and sins. It's all because of love. So to conclude that thought, a conversion to Jesus Christ's gospel is understanding how he loves you individually, close quote. So I was talking with a young lady by the name of Jade and I threw out the question to her, what does it mean to be converted to the gospel of Jesus Christ? And she sat there for a minute and uh, I have to smile because in the end she said, quote, I'm not sure. I don't know that I really know what you're asking, close quote. For those of you that don't know what I'm asking, or even for those of you that do know what I'm asking, but you're not really sure if you're converted, then the next few minutes that we share together will hopefully help you be more able and capable of answering that question for yourself. Because the reality is the gospel of Jesus Christ is actually an an actionable sport, something that we all need to be involved in and actually doing something to better understand. In uh, the Come Follow Me manual, on page one, you'll find a, a really awesome quote. It says, quote, the purpose of the scriptures is to help you come unto Christ and become more deeply converted to his gospel, close quote. I love that the brethren are assuming that we're already converted, but some of you are probably like I was as a teenager and not really sure what that actually means or if you've actually arrived to a point of conversion. So I went ahead and I looked at uh, Webster's Dictionary. And the word conversion, according to Webster's online dictionary, is defined as an experience associated with the definite and decisive adoption of a religion, close quote. 
Now, I don't know about you, but when you throw in words like definitive and decisive, it makes me kind of step back and go, what you talking about? So I went ahead and looked up those words to make sure that I truly understand. Definitive, again, using Webster's online, free of all ambiguity, certainty, unquestionable, decisive. If I'm decisive, I'm resolute or I am determined, which poses a really important question for you and I then to consider individually. And that is, what experiences or experience have I had that has made me resolute, determined, or certain that God exists, that Jesus is the Christ, and that the gospel of Jesus Christ has been restored in the latter days? For me, I've had multiple experiences, but I am, and I'm going to totally own it. You'll hear me say this more than once, but I'm slightly spiritually challenged. And because I'm spiritually challenged, a loving Heavenly Father is kind enough to provide me with very personalized experiences. And the truth of the matter is, is He wants to provide you with the same thing. But one experience that I think of that helps me know, uh, or one piece of the gospel of Christ that I am 100% converted to. I am definite, certain, resolute, and it wouldn't matter what happened. I would never deny this, is that there is a God. I know that there is a God, but I know because of experiences that I've had. And I'm going to share one of those with you. My 21-year-old self showed up at the MTC in Provo. I was called to serve to the Spain-Barcelona mission. And I would love to tell you that I absolutely loved the MTC, but I didn't. I hated it. There were so many rules. There were so many things. And and uh, having to be with the same person all of the time, I'm going to completely own. Companionships were difficult for me. The schedule was difficult for me. Going to bed on time was difficult for me. And as the weeks and the experience progressed, I found that my ability to understand and speak in Spanish just was not happening. No matter how hard I tried or how hard I prayed or what I did, I I couldn't get off reading any type of prompt cards or really progress very much with Spanish at all. And one of the challenges that we had was to speak your language, SYL and the MTC. And so because we were challenged to only speak our language, I found myself not speaking at all because I couldn't communicate in Spanish. I wasn't supposed to communicate in English. And the whole experience was starting to get really hard. Well, one particular evening after a very rough day in the MTC, my MTC teacher asked for volunteers for a role play. Now I'm going to totally own, I had one of those moments where I slouched down in my seat and I had the look that sometimes we each bear and that is, I dare you ask me to do something because I don't want to. Look, as I sat there looking at him, he called on two of the elders to be the missionaries. And then he turned and he said, Hermana Huntington, will you be the investigator? Well, I went up because how do you say no on the MTC to your MTC teacher? And I went up and I sat in the front next to the two elders and he said, now I want you to pretend that you're on a bus. And so we started bouncing up and down like we were riding a bus in our chairs. And then he said, elders, you need to contact her and and uh, I'm on Harrington, you're going to be the, the uh, investigator. So we started. Well, the missionaries began talking to me about what was going on and began asking different questions to get to know me. And finally, they asked a simple question. Crees in Dios. Do you believe in God? To which I emphatically responded, no, I do not believe in God. 
Well, you could have dropped a pin in that particular uh, room because let's be honest, what missionary says, even when they are being the the person uh, that's being contacted, says that they don't even believe in God. And so definitively, as I had said, no, I don't. And to be very honest in that moment, I was having a hard time with my own testimony and my own beliefs because things just simply were not turning out the way that I hoped that they would be. Well, as I sat there, the elders began to try to resolve my concerns. They began asking me more questions. I began answering, but to be very honest, I couldn't tell you another thing about that particular conversation. Because as I sat there trying to interact with them, as they were talking to me, a completely different experience was happening inside of me. As the Spirit simply said, you know that I exist. Do not deny me. I had a moment where I paused and thought, wait, what? And again, I heard, you know that I exist. You cannot deny me. The elders began to testify of simple truths. And then one of them looked at me and said, do you believe in God? To which I emphatically answered, yes. Yes, I believe. From that day forward, I continued to have experiences that testified to me of the reality of a loving Heavenly Father. I know that He lives. I know that He is around us. And I know that He desires to be a part of our lives. But the reality is, is when it comes to being converted to the gospel of Jesus Christ, each of us is individually responsible for our own conversion. Or in other words, you are responsible for you. Elder Bednar put it this way in April Conference 2019. He said the following, we should not expect the church as an organization to teach or tell us everything we need to know and do to become devoted disciples and endure valiantly to the end. Rather, our personal responsibility is to learn what we should learn, to live as we know we should live, and to become who the master would have us become. Close quote. Now, did you catch what he said? Our personal responsibility is to learn what we should learn, to live as we know we should live, and to become who the master would have us become. So with that said, the Savior, he issues you and I continually throughout the scriptures, multiple invitations. Let me show you what I mean. In 1 Thessalonians, Got to grab a Bible, right? So in 1 Thessalonians 5, chapter, chapter 5, verse 21, it says, Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Now, did you catch the invitation to prove all? Prove, again, using Webster's, means to learn from or find out by experience, to test the truth and validity of something. So here in the scripture, the loving Heavenly Father via the Savior and the Apostle Paul is extending to us this amazing invitation to prove it, to experience, to experiment, to challenge. In James chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, uh, Joseph Smith used this scripture, right, which states, If any of us lack wisdom, let us ask of God, who give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Wavering means to fluctuate in our opinion or direction. 
if there is a word that could easily use to surmise the society we live in, it wavers, it fluctuates, it changes, it moves in all directions. So we live in a society that fluctuates and changes all of the time. And a loving Heavenly Father doesn't want us to be like that. Rather, he wants us to be steadfast and immovable. And he also wants us to be found as this. James 1, verse 22 says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Now, did you catch what he says? He says that you and I need to actually be doers of the word. Why? Because if we're just listening, we're deceiving ourselves. Remember? A few minutes ago, we talked about how the gospel of Jesus Christ is an actionable sport. We have to do something if we want to truly be converted in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Alma, one of my favorite prophets in the Book of Mormon, puts it this way in Alma chapter 32. In Alma 32, verse number 27, he says this, I love this verse. But behold, if you will awake and arouse your faculties, even to experiment upon my words and exercise a particle of faith, yea, even if you can do no more than desire to believe, let this desire work in you, even until you believe in a manner that you can give place for a portion of my word. Exercise a particle. Actually believe and experiment. In General Conference in April of 2017, Elder Sabin put it this way, quote, when we are fully committed and all in, heaven shakes for our good. When we are lukewarm or only partially committed, we lose out on some of heaven's choicest blessings. So the key is for you and I to be all in. Well, how do I become all in? If we listen closely to the scriptures that we just looked at, the first thing we've got to do is prove. We got to prove it or decide to experiment. Plus, hold fast to those things that are good. Plus, ask in faith. Plus, do plus believe, and I'll get the conversion story. I'll have some type of conversion experiment. And in the process of having that conversion equation, if you will, prove plus hold fast plus ask plus do plus believe, it yields a conversion. But the reality is, is all of us kind of need to start in the same place when it comes to being converted. And that place is, we've got to know that there's a heavenly father. And we've got to know that he loves us individually. So how do you achieve that? Well, I'm going to give you a challenge. I'm going to give you something to go and do. So here's what I want you to go and do. I want you to go and to ask. Ask Heavenly Father if he loves you. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, okay, of course he does. Let's be honest. I mean, can you imagine praying, Heavenly Father, do you love me? Nope. I love everyone but you. The reality is, is our Heavenly Father loves you. The answer is yes. But the reasoning behind asking him is we all need to understand how he answers us individually. It's kind of like ringtones. The ringtones that we set on our phones signal to us who's calling us, what type of notification is coming in. Heavenly Father is the same way. He has a tone that's specific to you that he's trying to to let you know that he's around, that he loves you and that he's real. See, Moroni at the end of the Book of Mormon gives this fantastic promise. He, He tells us in Moroni chapter 10, and when you shall receive these things, I would exhort you that you would ask God, the eternal father in the name of Christ, 
if these things are not true. Now, here's how we've got to ask, though. If you will ask with sincere heart, with real intent, having faith in Christ, he will manifest the truth of it unto you by the power of the Holy Ghost. If we ask in faith, with real intent, I testify that the Savior and a loving Heavenly Father will answer. The reality is, as President Nelson so eloquently stated in this most recent general conference, the adversary does not want us to know the power of Jesus Christ. Satan doesn't want you to know about his power. He wants you to be what? Well, he wants you wavering, to fluctuate on opinion and direction, dependent on what's taking place in the world that's around you. But a loving Heavenly Father wants you to be sure. I remember giving this challenge, I'm not even going to kid you, it was probably almost 20 years ago, my very first session as an EFY speaker in Logan, Utah. And uh, I'd finished speaking the two days. And as I'd finished speaking on the, at the end of the second day, I was cleaning up in the area where I had been speaking and a young woman came up and she waited until everybody had left the room and said, can I talk to you? And as I looked at her, I suddenly became really nervous because she was crying. And she was crying, ladies, she was crying in that way where you're like, you can't understand what she's saying when she's crying. It was horrible. Had no idea what she was saying. And having grown up with six older brothers, we were not, I was not really allowed to cry a whole lot. And so the only thing I really knew how to do was say, would you like a tissue? I'm sorry for whatever it is. And so I handed her a tissue and she began saying, I just want to tell you something about, and I said, honestly, I had no idea what she's saying. So I said again, would you like a tissue? And I just kept handing her tissues not knowing what to do. In the process of that happening, she finally gained her composure and she said, can I share something with you? And I said, sure. And she said, I came to EFY because my parents made me. I said, I appreciate that. That sometimes happens. And she said, I heard your challenge yesterday where you challenged us to pray and ask Heavenly Father, do you love me? And I said, okay. And she said, I want you to know, I sat there and thought to myself, there's no way he will answer us. I thought about it for a whole day. And today during lunch, I went into the restroom to pray so that I could come up here and tell you that you're wrong. The Heavenly Father doesn't answer and he doesn't care. I waited until the bathroom was completely quiet. I was tucked neatly into a stall by myself. And I began for the first time in five years to pray. And I simply said, Heavenly Father, Sister Harrington has asked us to pray and ask you if you love us. Do you love me? At finishing that statement, that young lady began to cry again. And so I simply responded, did you get your answer? To which she said, yes. I know that Heavenly Father loves me. I know that I need to make an appointment with my bishop. I know that I need to change. President Nelson, in general conference October, 22 stated, take charge of your own testimony of Jesus Christ and his gospel. Work for it. Nurture it so it will grow. Feed it truth. So will you? Will you this next week? Will you go and do? Will you go and ask Heavenly Father with a sincere heart, with real intent, if he loves you? And when he answers, will you take it a step further and will you write about your experience? Because remember, Satan doesn't want you to know the power of God. But I testify that a loving Heavenly Father does want to connect with you.
And candidly, so do I. So as you have these experiences this next week, if you feel so inclined to share, my hope is that you will, that you'll take time to comment and let us know your experience and how it impacted you. Because I testify that as you take time to ask God in faith, if he loves you, he will answer. So my friends, we're back where we started. How do you know if you're converted to the gospel of Jesus Christ? I testify that conversion first comes from coming to know God, that he lives, that he knows you, and most importantly, that he loves you. I love you too. Have a great week. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Go and Do. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review. If you didn't, it's all good. Please come and follow along with us on Instagram at Go and Do Podcast. Go and Do is written and hosted by me, Candace Shoup, and produced by Cami Fisher. Thanks for being here. And until we talk again, have a good time. Don't be a good time. See you soon.